Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. We'll let the, pray. We'll let the band go down. Hallelujah. Well, this morning is our fifth Sunday. Building for His presence is what we're calling it. We got that supernaturally by the Holy Ghost in our participation with the conference up in Tulsa. The Lord spoke that to us supernaturally. You can go to the book of Haggai, if you will. It's there in your Bible. I'm going to give you opportunity to search for it a little bit. It's one of those ones you've got to look for. Chapter 1. So we're going to talk about a little bit about what's going on. The Word of God. Our interaction with the church. Exactly what's taking place. And just talk about what the Lord's doing. Amen. Don't forget this Wednesday night we've been teaching on faith. We're teaching on the stand of faith. That's a tremendous teaching. Next Sunday we'll be back on our regular schedule. Early service. uh, Mid-service. Glory to God. Main service I mean. Then Sunday night. Uh, You know Sunday night. Let me just kind of of, uh, talk about Sunday night for just a second. Sunday night we call Holy Ghost meetings. Everybody say Holy Ghost meetings. How many been here the last two or three weeks on Sunday night? Has that been has that been a little different? I'm telling the Spirit. Now you say, what do you mean? Well, you know, with every I learned years ago, with every service you should have a purpose. Now we focus mainly on teaching the Word of God on Wednesday nights. We take a subject. We usually expound upon that subject several weeks in a row, which uh, uh, makes a series out of that, which is very good. That type of teaching is very healthy for you as a believer. Uh, it literally, uh, it literally uh, uh, helps your spirit man grow. Uh, it gives you insights and ideas and concepts when it comes to, the, to, to, to faith, how to operate in faith, uh, redemption, many things like that. And then as the Holy Ghost desires, we also see the Spirit of God move uh, tremendously on those, in those Wednesday night services. We never cut off the flow of the Spirit. We always want the Spirit of God to be in charge. Amen? Uh, but you do have to have purposes in meetings. And then in, in, in our Sunday, this is our main Sunday morning meeting. Now, between the two services, uh, we'll have anywhere from, uh, oh, on a, on a large Sunday like Easter Sunday, we'll have close to 600 people that'll come and be in the services. Regular Sundays, we'll have anywhere between about 325 and 425 people that will come. So what we do is two different purposes. Number one, first purpose is to feed the flock of God. Everybody say, feed the flock of God. Well, that's to expound upon the Word of God. Many things are topical that have to do with things that go on in our lives. And then we also believe God to throw the net. Everybody say, throw the net. Well, Sundays, many times, that's when we have the most visitors. So we want people to have an opportunity to get saved, uh, to leave darkness and come into light, amen, to leave death, to come into light, to, give, to make Jesus their Lord and Savior, and to find out that they need to be a part of a local church, amen. And so we concentrate on those things. Well, Sunday night, we've kind of coined Holy Ghost service. You say, now, what do you mean by Holy Ghost service? Well, we put more emphasis on the move of the Spirit. We teach on spiritual things, gifts of the Spirit, the move of the Holy Ghost. Many times I don't ever ever study. I come without a message at all. I mean, I come without anything to teach or preach. Now, I'm not saying I don't have anything to teach or preach. Y'all that know me, I could preach on just about every page of the Bible. But I kind of wait. I get here and we pray for an hour before the service. I kind of wait to feel how the Spirit of God is moving. Now, I kind of wait to see what Scripture may come up in my spirit. And then sometimes it might, might just be a scripture, a portion of a scripture. And we'll take off on that. Now, last week it was communion. And I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost hit this place. I mean, the Spirit of, I just thought we were going to get up and have a communion service, go home. Next thing you know, the Spirit of God falls in this place. 
Now listen, God doesn't want you just to hear about him. He wants you to experience him. A lot of people go to church their whole life and never experience God. God wants you to experience his presence, his power, uh, to be ministered to supernaturally. Uh, sometimes you need a word from God. You ever needed a word from God? Well, always understand, if you need a word from God, pull on the Lord. Go to prayer and say, Lord, I need a word. I need a, I need a word of wisdom. I need a word of knowledge. Somebody needs to speak a word of confirmation into my life. It's amazing how God will vindicate that in your life if you'll just do it. Well, that gives you, an, that gives you a platform. That gives you an opportunity to do that. So we're seeing that, 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 that uh, service grow and God bless it. Amen. So those are our, our three formats of service that we have. Don't forget the new format of Sunday school coming next week. We want you to be... Just, just, you can't be overexposed to the Word of God. We just want you to get more and more and more of the Word of God. Amen? So God is good. Hallelujah. Did you find the book of Haggai? Now, this is what we call our, call our Building for His Presence Sunday. So we're going to talk about church, local church. You know, Matthew chapter 16, you don't have to turn there. I'll just quote uh, the scripture. Jesus said, saying to Peter, Peter got a revelation of Jesus. Uh, they said to him, uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus asked, who do men say that I am? He said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, and some say you're uh, Isaiah or Elijah. Uh, some say you're Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And then Jesus turned to his disciples and said, well, who do you say that I am? And the Bible says Peter spoke up and answered, said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Now Jesus turned to him and said, blessed. Everybody say blessed. Now that's the word empowered. Blessed art thou, empowered art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. Then Jesus expanded. He amplified it. He said, but... Thou art Peter, but upon this rock, Jesus referring to himself. He actually said it like this. Thou art Petros, Peter, small portion of rock. But upon the Petros, the large, giant rock, like the rock of Gibraltar, I will build my church. Notice the possessive term. I will build mine. I will build mine. I will build mine. They say, well, who does this church belong to? It belongs to Jesus. Well, who's the pastor of the church? Well, I'm here to introduce you to him every service. His name is Jesus. He's the good shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. He's the great shepherd. I'm just the under shepherd to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And this church, Island Church, is built on the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ in us. Without that revelation in us, we can't build the church. Now, Jesus continued to expound on that. He said, upon the rock of who I am in you, I will build my church. And the gates and the councils and the strategies and the plans and the devices of hell itself shall not be able to prevail against you. Amen. Now, understand back in that day, in those ancient days, the gates of the city were what we would call today our city hall, our police uh, department, our sheriff's department, where uh, our courts, where, 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 where laws are enforced, where laws are made, where people are, where people are uh, 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 brought to a place of justice in their life. The gates of the city is exactly what they're, where counsel is made, where wisdom is released. Are you with me? That's what gates are. And so, obviously, hell itself has strategies, has plans has traps, has devices. But the good news is, if you're part of the church, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. I said the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Everything Jesus taught about the church and everything we see of the church is an expanding vision. The church is literally a physical body. It needs to be fed. It needs to be clothed. It needs to be watered. 
It needs to grow. It needs to develop. Is anybody with me? Getting three amens on that. And it needs to have a purpose. You know, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. That word seek first, uh, that particular scripture, actually you can read it like this. Seek first the expansion of the kingdom of God. God wants everything that he creates to be expanding. You know, God said, let there be light. And scientists tell us that light is still expanding out into the universe. That, what is it, 386,000 miles per second. Light is still going into the universe. Well, God wants the church to grow. God wants the church to expand. Now, when we say the word church and use it in a generic term, uh, we must understand that there's a lot of places that call themselves churches, but they don't line up with the template that's in the Word of God. So first of all, in your own heart and mind, you must figure out what a church is. It's only the Word of God that gives us the standard for what a church is. There are churches today that are built on organization. There are churches today built on theological intellectualism. There are churches today that are built on personalities. Thank God this one ain't built on my personality. We'd all be in trouble. Amen. You didn't have to amen that loud back there. <laughs> amen. But the template for the church is the book of Acts. Now, now see if you're with me on this. The church is a place where if a person came in the back door and is lost, they could get saved. And it's a place where a believer could be filled with the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? It's a place where if you come and your body's sick, you could be healed. Oh, come on. Give me a better amen than that. Thank God for his healing power. Amen. It's a place where you hear not just about God, but God gets in you. Even more and more as, you, as you're taught the word of God and as you grow in the things of God. It's a place to grow up in God. Amen. It's a, it's a place that has a, a vision for its area. Uh, not just to, to be nice and to be kind, but to see the lost saved and, and see the unclothed clothed and, and see the hungry fed and see blessings come upon all the, different, all the area. Amen. We see that in the book of Acts. It's also a place of evangelism. Well, we're not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want everybody to get saved. We want everybody filled with the Holy Ghost. We want everybody healed and delivered and set free. Amen? So now, if there are places that call them churches but don't do it, what if you went to a place, big, beautiful building, big sign on the outside said church, and you went in there and you didn't find any of that? It would be the same as going to a big, beautiful building, and on the sign it said restaurant. And you walk in there and sat down at a table and just sat there. And sat there. And after a while you notice there's no kitchen. And there's no waiters. And there's no menus. And there's no food. It wouldn't be too long where you wouldn't be going to that restaurant. You'd find one that had a little food. Amen. Well, same thing. There's a lot of churches today that have big, beautiful buildings. But they don't have any food. They don't even have a kitchen. They don't even have a chef. We've done our best to endeavor to stay with the template of the Word of God here at Island Church. We believe the church should be a place of protection against deception in the earth. There's a lot of deception in the earth, church. Listen, you can't believe everything you hear on TV. I'm talking about Christian TV. Then you get on regular TV. Hopefully you don't believe everything you hear on regular TV. Somebody said, but the TV said it. Well, you know, that don't make it true. Everything you hear on ABC, NBC, CBS, amen, and CNN, uh, that not all of that's true. There's a deception is in the world system. Another thing that's unique about us, we preach the letter of the word. 
We don't believe in an interpretation of the word of God. We believe if God said it, that's the way we ought to believe it, right? If God said we need to get born again, bless God, we're going to get born again. If God says be filled with the Holy Ghost, bless God, we're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. If God says lay hands on the sick, we're going to lay hands on the sick. If God says go to the world and preach the gospel, we're going to go to the world. We're preaching in some 18 to 22, I believe it is, different nations right now, every month, sending money all across the world so that people can hear about Jesus Christ. Amen. So the church should be expanding, should be growing. We're at a particular place here at Island Church where our church is growing, our church is expanding. Now you've got to understand, uh, you, there, there are things you can do. You can do some things your way, do things. I've always kind of been tickled at, at you know, when we, we've gone to two services and what was it, two different times or three different times? I talked about going to two services. Three, was it three different times? Oh my God. Kind of like the guy that cried wolf. Remember that guy? Well, you know, we were over on 45th Street, I think, the first time we did it. And I remember one particular service, uh, our little auditorium was full. We sat, what, like 150 people. And we had like 30 people sitting in the foyer. And, and then people would come. There, were no par- there was no parking lot. People remember, how many remember those, those days? That they, wasn't that fun? You parked all around the neighborhood. If it was raining, you just got wet. Amen. So I thought, well, we better go to two services. And so I went and told my staff. and everybody, Well, I went to prayer. And in prayer, God said, I didn't tell you to go to two services. So I had to get up in front of my staff and say, well, you know, you ain't going to two services. You know, that really does, does, does real good for your leadership skills. <laughs> then we did it again. But I remember the last time we did it, which was right before Ike. Now, right the summer before Ike, if you remember, we were packed out that summer. I mean, every seat was filled. Our children's church was filled. Our youth, I mean, we were absolutely. I remember that last Sunday, which would have been the Sunday before the 12th of September. We were packed. We were absolutely, and I thought, well, we need to go. Well, before then, during that summer, I told them, let's time, let's go. Two services, let's do it. In prayer, God said the same thing to me. Don't do it. I didn't tell you to go to two services. So I had to get up in front of my staff again and say, well, God didn't tell us to. Three times, kind of like the guy that cried wolf. Now, here we go two years ago. Actually, we're into the third year now. God speaks to me when, when, when there's not even a large crowd. He says, now go to two services. And I'm saying, now what? But see, God spoke to me and said to do it. Now we've gone to two services. We've got a wonderful early service. It's expanded the ministry. It's expanded the move of God. God's touched it. God's blessed it. And it's increased everything. Isn't that amazing? See, we have to have a place where God's in charge, where we hear from God. Now, traditionally, churches are run by boards and by vote. That's what denominations do. Uh, you know, they'll hire a pastor. Now, the problem with that is, is a pastor that's in a position of being hired, he can never operate in true vision. You say, what do you mean he can't operate in true vision? Well, if the, if the board doesn't like the vision, it's, it's quelched right there. If the church doesn't vote for the vision, well, bless God, then, then, then you know, that's it. It's done, it's done away with. I remember one time, it really grieved me. It just hurt my heart. I was preaching at a really, really great conference. Some of the big speakers of the nation were there. I was just blessed to have a meeting and to do a couple of day meetings there. And I remember after one of the day meetings, a denominational pastor, Pentecostal denomination came to me. The pastor came to me and he just had tears running down his face. And he said, man, what you preach so blessed me. And he said, I so wish you could come to my church. And I was fixing to say, well, man, just call the office. We'll schedule me. But then he said this, if you came to my church, they, they, they would vote me out. And I thought, How sad. For a man to pastor a church that would bring a move of God to the church. But, but if he did, they'd vote him out. But you know, years ago, after the charismatic move. I remember the charismatic revival. A lot of people don't really understand what that was. But you know, many of the moves of God that took place during the, the, the 20th century. Many of them happened outside the church. The great healing revival. 
took place in auditoriums and big canvas tents. I'm reading a book by Brother, uh, uh, brother uh, uh, Oral Roberts right now. And his first tent that he bought set 10,000 people. And so that great healing revival, 1948 through about 1972, took place most, most of all in, in tents and in, in auditoriums. Then we had what was called the great healing, excuse me, the great charismatic revival. Now the great charismatic revival manifested itself in such a way in which that parachurch, everybody say parachurch, parachurch organizations. How many remember full gospel businessmen? Y'all remember full gospel businessmen? Women's aglow. How many remember women's aglow? Now at their peak, they were tremendous organizations. I mean, I think at one time here in the Houston, Galveston area, there were close to 30 full gospel businessmen chapters. I know because I gave my testimony in many of them. Now, many people got saved, many people got, but there wasn't any emphasis on local church. But out of the charismatic revival and the charismatic renewal came a few pastors. Now, now there wasn't just one or two, there were several, but the one we're more familiar with because of our location and because of our heritage, the heritage of Island Church, was Brother John Osteen. Who basically said, you know, now he came up in a denomination, but when he broke loose from that and got filled with the Holy Ghost, he basically rose up according to the template of the Word of God and figured out that at the last day, the judgment day, when he stood before Jesus, only one person would answer for that church and that would be him. You say, what do you mean by that? Uh, it won't be a board that answers for what Island Church does. It won't be you, it'll be Pastor Lee and I will answer. So God chooses a man. He chooses a pastor. And around that pastor, God puts a gift and anointing. The, the main anointing of a pastor is to gather people. It gathers. Gather. The Bible says that Jesus looked uh, on the multitude and was moved with compassion. Through the pastoral ministry, the compassion of Jesus is released and realized and enjoyed. Amen. So we desire for every person to grow. I've said this. Somebody asked me about the vision. What is the vision? Because people have all these visions. You know, they talk about the vision of this church. Well, our vision is this. Within Island Church is all of these visions. You say, what do you mean visions? The vision that you have for a better home, a better life, better things, health in your body, prosperity in your bank and pocketbook, peace in your life, healing. All those, that's the vision of your life. Our vision is to help your vision to come to pass. That's what the church is all about. Then we have an expanding vision of what? Taking the gospel and preaching it to the world. It's amazing how just the last few years, the world has begun to open up for us. Uh, we went to Ireland this year, and we're in a wonderful conference in Ireland. Uh, we sent a crusade team to the Dominican Republic. Uh, we have a young man fixing to leave on the 15th of the month, going to Bolivia to, to help a missions outreach there. Uh, we have doors open in the Philippine Islands. We have a couple of young men that are going to go to a youth conference uh, uh, in, in May in the Philippine Islands. Other doors are open all around the world. So what we believe God for is beginning to open up. So it's amazing what God does when you get in and do it God's way. Amen. So now we're at a place and we find ourselves. God's will for us as a church is to possess land and build a building. Now there's something unique about doing that. The whole, how can I say it? The whole mandate of what a church is changes when you possess land and build a building. There's something permanent about a church that possesses land and builds a building. I'm glad you're so excited. You say, what do you mean? Well, there's a lot of people 
that have been, how can I say this, religiously trained into a, as glorious as this building has been, as glorious as the hotel ballrooms were, as glorious as the little building on 45th Street was, they're looking for something real and something permanent. And I guarantee you when we open the doors of that new building over there, that there's going to be a whole new crowd that'll come. There was a whole new crowd that came to 45th Street that wouldn't come to a hotel ballroom. There was a whole new crowd that came to this church that didn't come to 45th Street. And there'll be a brand new crowd that'll come to that church that, 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 that won't come to this church because over there we'll have something permanent and something unique. You say, well, that's awful vain. That's awful materialistic. But that's the way it is in our generation and in our society. So God has called us to do this and do it by faith. Now, I've said this a couple of times. I don't know if it's registered with you, but it'll, it'll help you. We've been blessed financially as a church ever since we've been a church. We've never not paid a bill. We've always had money to give to missions. Uh, this past month we gave close to $30,000 all over the world just blessing people. Uh, uh, we've always, everything we've put our hand to has prospered. The building on 45th Street, this building here, actually we had to rebuild it after I, God blessed us there. Uh, all things being equal because of the amount of money that we've run through the bank. All things being equal because of paying off a loan uh, that we took out of $200,000, paying off before, before it's time and paying the principal on, doing everything that they ask us to do. We have great favor at the bank. The bank president, uh, we saw him the other day out, out at our house. He looked me right in the eye and said, man, whatever you need, just come talk to Just come talk about whatever you need. So all things being equal, we could go down to the bank right now and borrow $5 million. Go buy land, build a building, be done with it. That's not the will of God. You say, well, that's not the way God does things. God does things by faith. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. But here's the good news. Faith pleases God. So we want to do it his way. If I'd have done it my way, I'd have done, I'd have done what I just talked about two years ago. I wouldn't be three years into a building program. But see, God is bringing us along. A little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. So that when it happens, everybody knows that's God. You won't have to wonder and think, well, I wonder if that's the bank. I wonder if that's the... They'll know that is God that's doing that right there. In this day and age, that is what we need. Listen, a financial miracle and the blessing that God is desiring to do in this area will draw thousands of people into the body of Christ. You say, why? People are freaked out about money, folks. Let me try that again. People are freaked out about money. And when they see somebody that's successful with it, it draws them like a magnet. You say, come on, that's too material. It may be material, but I guarantee you God will use it to change people and bring them into a spiritual walk with him. Everywhere Jesus went, multitudes follow him. Not just because of the miracles of healing, but because of the miracles of provision that he produced. Everywhere he went, he fed. He did all of that. I tell you what, that draws people like no other. Now here in Haggai, if you want to study Haggai in a little bit greater light, study it with the book of Nehemiah. Because what is happening is the children of Israel are kind of, how can you say this, kind of trickling back into Jerusalem. And they're finding a city destroyed. And not just a city destroyed, but the temple had been ravaged and it's destroyed. God's house. Now everybody is very concerned about their own house, but they're not really concerned about God's house. And God raises up Nehemiah, a man that had a real purpose in his life. And God also spoke to him and helped him with different ones, different prophets and men and women, excuse me, men and, and I'm sure women also, that spoke into his life and helped direct that which, which was God was doing. Now notice what it says here in verse 1. It says, the second year of, in the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord. Everybody say, word of the Lord. 
by Haggai the prophet under Zerubbabel of uh, the son of Shetel, uh, the governor of Judah, to Joshua uh, the son of Hosehedek, uh, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. So what is happening, this crowd is coming back into Jerusalem. They're looking at their own need and they're saying, listen, this is really not the time to concentrate on building a building, on restoring the temple of God. Because you got to understand, we got houses that are messed up. You got to understand, our businesses have been destroyed. You got to understand, we got a lot to do before we get to the church. But here's the thing. God always wants first place in our life. Let me say it again. It's easy to say amen on Sunday morning while you're sitting in church after you've praised God, worshiped God, glorified God. But I want you to know, it's when God puts a demand on you and says, now I want you to put me first. Put me first in your giving. Put me first in prayer. Put me first. Uh, Many times it's not very convenient to do that. And for them it wasn't convenient. And the people are rising up and saying, nah, you know, uh, we'll take it. Let us get started. Let us get going. But God said, no, that's not my way. Everybody say, not my way. But now notice what he says. It says, then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet saying, it is time for you. Everybody say, it is time. Then he says this, O ye to dwell in your chits, uh, in your paneled houses and, excuse me, let me read like this. Is it the time, O ye, to dwell in your paneled houses and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have so much, you bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe, but, there's, but you're not warm. He that earneth wages, earneth wages to put them into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go to the mountain, bring wood, build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Now in all this, God is saying, look, here's the deal, guys. I know your house is messed up. I know your business is messed up. I know you got problems here. I know you got problems there. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to build the house of God. Because if you can build the house of God, your house is a cinch. If you can build the house of God, your house is a cinch. Now, it's been such a blessing for Lee and I over the years to be involved in many building programs. And many, listen, I'm going to tell you something about preachers. There are a lot of preachers that are just slick businessmen. I mean, they're slick businessmen. They know how to get in there and shuffle the numbers and talk to the bankers and, and do this and that and, and all kinds. But, but I, I just have to confess to you, I'm not a slick businessman. But one thing I got going for me is I've been teaching faith for 30 years. I've been living by faith for 30 years. And I want you to know where being a slick businessman can't carry you all the way. Faith can carry you all the way. And so as I begin to consider what we're doing it, how we're doing it, sure there's been some times of frustration, sometimes we need to be doing this, be doing that, but now a season is upon us and where the focus of what we're doing needs to be possessing land and building that building. Say, so what about the nations of the world? Oh, we'll continue to bless the nations of the world. We've actually increased all of our missionaries this summer. We've increased every missionary we support from $300 to $500 a month. Now, can I help you a minute? Let me show you something supernatural. This month... We gave an additional, this is, this is we, we, we pay our lease, what's our lease? Around 7,000 or more dollars. About $7,000 a month is the lease on this building. We pay an additional 
$20,000 a year in insurance, uh, different things we have to pay to the, to the building owners, things like that. So there, that, that's a pretty good chunk of money. We have our salary. That's a pretty good chunk of money. We pay our bills. Anybody want to pay our light bill this month? After we've been running that air conditioner, three services, that light bill can get pretty steep. We pay all of our bills. Now this month, we gave an additional, over and above our, our mission support and everything, we gave an additional $30,000. That's over and above everything else. Now, the, the, the month is pretty much ended. This is our building for his present Sunday. But right now in our checkbook, we have as much money as we started the month with. We tried to give it all away and couldn't do it. I said, we tried to give it all away and couldn't do it. That shows us there's been a shift. Something supernatural is beginning to take place. When it happens in the church, it'll happen in your life. You can't be fearful. You can't be afraid. So many people are looking at their pocketbook and looking at their, their bank account and not looking at their faith. But when you look at your faith and do what faith says to do, then you don't have a problem whatsoever. Now, the church that you're involved in, Island Church, what we're desiring to do, what we're desiring to see is not natural. It is supernatural. And you must make a decision and understand that as the church rises, because we're what? We are the church. As it rises and goes to a new place, who else rises and goes to a new place? You do. The church's upward momentum is tied directly to your upward momentum. I thank God. You know, and I've been to churches. <laughs> I'm sad to say this, but... I've been to churches, had me come preach. And after I preached, the church shut down. I mean, after I went, they, they said, Pastor Rusty, can we come? Oh, I wasn't a pastor at the time. I was in the field. They said, Brother Rusty, come, hold us a meeting. We want you to come. We heard you here, heard you there. And so I'd go and I'd preach. And man, I'd tell you, the Spirit of God would fall. Power of God would move. Money would flow. Healing would flow. All this would flow. All that. We'd get home. Three weeks later, they said, we shut the church down. The reason was, is the anointing and the purpose didn't line up. When the anointing hit and the purpose wasn't to take that anointing and bless the people. God said, I'm shut that thing down. But see, we're not building. We've said this and I think we're going to incorporate it into our vision. We're not building for you. We're not building for us. We've already got, we've already got a seat to sit on. I've already got a pulpit to preach out of. We're building for the ones that had not got saved yet. We're, build, we're building for the drug addicts. We're building for the, the crack addicts of Galveston. We're building for the ones, we're building for the rich people that are proud but have no hope. We're build, listen, we're building for all kinds of people right now because now is the window of opportunity that we have. And you've got to understand, church, the miracle of it is where we're doing it. You say, now what do you mean by that? The miracle of it is where it's happening. You say, where is it happening? On Galveston Island. A place they've called the preachers. So they say, that's where I've heard preachers get up and say, that's where preachers go to die. <laughs> well, I came to live. Yeah. It's one thing to have a revival in Tulsa. It's one thing to have revival up on the Southwest Freeway in Houston. But honey, it's another thing to have it on Galveston Island. And God has included you and drawn you and knitted your heart to that which he desires to do in a place that could care. One preacher said to me, all Galveston is is a place where people want to party and take their clothes off. He says, the sun comes out down there and everybody just gets naked. I thought, where have you been going? Amen. 
But I tell you, all these hotels they've built and all this stuff they've built, that's not just to get people down here to bask in our sun. It's for people to come meet the S-O-N of God, the Son of God. Because we're not going to back off. We're not going to quit. We're not going to slow down. I believe, God, that everything about us, our conferences are going to expand. Our mission work is going to expand. Our children's ministry, our youth ministry, everything we put our hand to, God wants it to prosper. He wants it, he wants it to, to be a blessing so that this entire area can see there is a God that's not afraid of Galveston Island. Because people say, you can't ever have a revival down there. But we've proved him wrong for 12 years. We've had an increasing revival here on this island for 12 years. And I want you to know we're fixing to hit the exponential curve of that. And we're fixing to see this thing go glorious. Everybody say glorious. Now, let's talk about a little bit about where we are. Right now at this particular moment, there is land. Do I say land? There is land. Uh, 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 two families and then the railroad own this particular portion of land which is what we would call uh, a supersized city block is what it is right across from the police department has anybody ever went and looked at that land yes. now right now everybody say right now we have the money in the bank for that land we can go write two checks boom boom and start building that's the good news well this is the better news we're not going to do it. Amen. You say, why not? That's not the land. Amen. We had a piece of property we've been fighting over and fighting over and fighting over and fighting over. First time we went to them, I said, nah, we don't want to sell it. They want $12. Now, this is 3.7 acres. 3.7 acres of land. And they've been saying, well, we want $12 an acre. That's $12 a, a, a square foot. We're like, $12 a square foot? How much is that? You know how much that is? It's $1.8 million. And they wouldn't negotiate. I mean, they say every time we went to them, nope, nope, nope. Well, I went this early August, this month, to Tulsa to be a part of Fire for the Nations, uh, Brother Mark and Janet Brzee. And then we stayed over for a, uh, we're part of a ministerial organization, FMI. I'm on the board of FMI. Uh, 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 how, what does that stand for? <laughs> Fellowship of Ministries International. It just slipped my mind. Don't show this to Mark. So we stayed over. So I said, Lord, I said, you know, this thing, this, this land over here, we can buy that right now. But, but this land over here, I fought, fought, and you just, keep, just, you just keep tugging and nudging and tugging. So by the time this conference is over, either this thing's going to explode and be big in me, and I'm going to go write those two checks, or, or it's going to die, and this thing over here is going to get big and explode. So when I walked away, when I got on that plane on Friday evening, that thing had died and this thing had exploded in me. So I said, I said, uh, there's, a, there's a wonderful real estate agent here. So we did it through the right channels. Wonderful real estate. So we went, I went to the real estate and we said, well, this is what we'll do. We'll just start a negotiation process. And so they wanted $12 a square foot. So we said, let's offer them six. This time, guess what? They moved. They came down to 10. We were like, okay. So we said, well, let's offer them seven. They came down to nine. So they, they, they said, that's it. That's all we're going to do is nine. That's it. We don't want to negotiate anymore. So I told, uh, I, I told our, our, our wonderful real estate agent, I said, listen, here's what we're going to do. I said, on Friday, we're just going to make them one more offer. We'll sell them. We will be a buyer at $8 a square foot. 
Tell them that on Friday so they'll have to think about it all weekend long. Amen. How many agree with me that they'll, they'll take that offer at $8 a square foot? Can anybody get in faith over that? Now, here we go. You ready for that? That's going to that's gonna, that's gonna cost us $1.2 million. Now, we got 300000 so that's going to cost us $900,000. How many believe God within the next 90 days, $900,000 will come into this ministry? Well, good. Then with our faith, that's what we're going to do in Jesus' name. And we're going to build that, that, that piece of property that right behind the racetrack right there. Because here's the thing. Right next to that piece of property is 11 acres that Lowe's owns. And Lowe's is mad. <laughs> You say, what do you mean Lowe's is mad? Well, they tried to build a, they tried to build a, business, a business there. And Galveston said, uh-uh, you're not building no Lowe's here. And they're sitting on that property. And what a lot of people don't know about Lowe's is the guy that started Lowe's is from Galveston. Everybody say, wow. So that three and a half acres, a 3.7 acres, which actually goes out to the street and right next to it is a county parking lot that sits, what, uh, 170 something parking places next to that, which, which is going to give us, you know, 200 parking places, which means we can build that building to seat maybe upwards of 2,000 people. And listen, we're not just going to put up some tin shack. I said, we're not going to put up some tin shack. We're going to build the house of the Lord. It's going to be glory. You say, well, that's just your ego. Honey, I ain't got no ego. I got rid of that a long time ago. I don't need none of that. I don't need none of that kind of stuff. This is for the people that need Jesus. For the people, when they see that, they're going to see a miracle. For the people that understand and realize, listen, God did this. God built that church. I know that guy that pastored that church. Ain't no way he could do that. God has done this. And in my spirit now, I feel energized. I feel, this is, what we did. Well, this is what we're to do. This is our mandate. This is our assignment as a church. And when you begin to realize it, and when you begin to recognize it, you say, well, why can't we just write the two checks? Because God's not in that. Because we could just write the two checks. He'll never give us anything we can do. Some of y'all need to hear that again. He'll never give us anything we can do. He said, well, God, oh, he's bound to give us something he never has. 30 years of ministry, he's never given. I mean, there's been times we've went to buy cars. And I remember one time we went to buy a car. And Leah said, let's go drive this car over here. We couldn't afford that car no more than the man in the moon. But I made the mistake of letting my wife drive it. <laughs> then I go off to hold a meeting somewhere thanking God for the, for the, for the car I'm going to buy that I can pay for. And God said, you can't have that car. <laughs> You can't have that car. I said, what do you mean I can't have that car? I can pay for that car. I can't pay for that other car. And the Lord said, well, you can't have that car. You can, you can only have the car you can't pay for. I said, how am I going to buy the car I can't pay for? He said, you're going to have to trust me. Amen. We've been driving those cars ever since. We've bought houses we couldn't afford. How many houses have we bought we couldn't afford? All of them. I remember one particular time, we looked at 10 houses. We sat in the car with two real estate agents. Lee and I in the back, we're just laughing. We're back there just belly laughing. And so the real estate agent turns around and looks at us and says, oh, would you let us in on the joke? I said, it ain't no joke. We ain't got no money. <laughs> huh? But we bought. That's right. With no money. We got into a beautiful house and we stood in front of it. Now he got, see, he... He didn't get a sale. 
because we bought it. So some people came to us and offered us their house and we bought it. I mean, that made us a deal we couldn't refuse. And it was a house we could have never afforded. And so I brought this real estate agent over and I said, check it out, man. I said, what about this house here? He looked at me, he said, you'll never afford that house. I said, I've already bought it. He said, no way. Who was your agent? I said, Jesus. So I whipped out my checkbook and wrote him a great big old check and handed it to him. He just started to weep. He said, why are you doing this? I said, I just wanted you to know how much God loves you. He said, you shouldn't do things like that. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you should. That blesses people. That helps people. We got over into the, into the hotel ballrooms and God began to bless. And then all of a sudden, we needed a building. We thought, well, let's get some identity. At least having a building will give us identity. We got that little building. The, who, who was the Pretz Lumber Company owned that building across the street. And we got over there. And when we walked in there, we thought, well, we ain't got no. This thing needs air conditioning, lights. We ain't got no money. So for nine months, we just believed God. The men of the church came every Saturday, and we cleaned it up and got it ready. And literally, like you snapped your fingers. We needed, what, $30,000 for air conditioner. A guy walked by and said, how much air conditioning do you need? I said, well, you, you're an air conditioning guy. I, you know more than I do. He said, I'm going to send it to you. Three weeks later, here come this big old U-Haul truck pulled up, and all of our air conditioning got, got, got dumped right there on the parking lot. We never paid a penny. We never, then money came in. All this money came in. All this stuff came in. Next thing you know, we're in there having church, worshiping God. But see, we only got two-thirds of the building. We needed the other third desperately. So I walked over to the southern contract, I believe it was, walked in the guy's office, and I said, I said, are you like, is this all right? Is this helping you? I walked in the guy's office, I said, I need this building. He looked at me and said, preacher, you couldn't afford this. I said, what do you mean? He said, I got to have some money for my improvement. So we're going to go tear everything out. I said, well, how much do you need? He said, I I'm ashamed to say $5,000. <laughs> he said it like he was at a funeral. I said, I'll be right back. I said, wait right there, I'll be right back. I walked in the office and said, make a check for $5,000. Walked out, gave it to him. He looked at me, he said, I'll be out in 30 days. <laughs> Amen. Then we came into this building. We looked around. There was nothing. No carpet. There were these poles. <laughs> there was no electrical. There was no air conditioning. There was nothing. And we're like, oh my goodness. The guy, when we walked in, the broker showed it to me. Now, I'm, I wasn't dressed, in, dressed like I am right now. I was in a, in a pair of surfing trunks and a pair of flip-flops and a t-shirt that said Hobie on it, you know, hat and sunglasses. And he's walking around and saying, well, you know, preacher, I, he didn't know I was a preacher. He said, man, he said, you know, uh, a, a restaurant tried to get it. This person tried to get it. That person tried to get it. And these, there's three or four church guys. He said, these people that own this thing, they're crazy. They're not even, they're not going to rent it to anybody unless they're a church. If you're not a church, and the churches that tried to rent it, they wanted to bring in a generator and set up 50 chairs. I said, the owners weren't going to do that. He said, a church would need about a million dollars to do this, you know, to fix it, get, to get this building ready. I said, well, look, if we make an offer, would you present it to him? He said, yeah, I'll do it, but it ain't going to do you no good. We made the offer on a Friday, on Monday morning, the phone rang. said, phone, phone rang. She said, you can have this whole building. Have the whole building. And so we started working on it. And money started flowing. I was believing God to do it by cash. You know, that church, our church back then, we gave $675,000. And then all of a sudden, it's like you turn the spigot off. And I knew I couldn't put any more pressure on the church. We'd given enough. And we went to the bank and borrowed 200000 finished it, got in church and started rejoicing God and paid off that loan just like that. Amen. Then here came Ike. And y'all know the story about how we didn't have our flood. We got it now. Actually, we have double flood. You say, what do you mean double flood? The owners got it and we got it. Amen. But we didn't have it then. 
Close to $350,000, $400,000 worth of damage. God said, that's okay, I'll take care of that. We were back in the church on Easter Sunday. You've got to see the supernatural path we've gone down ever since we've been a church. And as we go down that path, God is going to continue to bless and he's going to continue to tie your life to that so that everything you put your hand to will prosper just as we prosper. Listen, if you're part of a prospering church that is blessed and doing the will of God and looking to expand and you're not prospering, check up on your life. Make sure you're serving God. Make sure you're in the will of God. Amen. Praise God. Brother Frank, go to the keyboard. Let's lift our hands and worship God. Father, we just worship you today. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you for the anointing of God that you've placed upon the church. Lord, you said, unless the Lord build the house, Those that labor, labor in vain. And Father, I thank you this morning that we're not laboring in vain. That we're doing that exact will as we're best able to perceive what it is in the Spirit. As we're best able to perceive what it is by your Word. We're pressing in, pressing in, pressing in to do your will. And now it's time. Lord, you've given us a a phrase. You've given us building for your presence. If any place on this planet needs the presence of God, it's this island. So many hurting people. The island has been destroyed so many times. It's been shaken by graft, corruption, by sin and immorality. Nature itself has shaken this island many times. But now it's your turn, Lord, to supernaturally shake this island. Where many sons and daughters can be brought into the kingdom of God. And not just the island, but Lord, all over the county. We know people come from as far away as Houston and over to Freeport and up to Winnie and High Island and all these areas. People are coming to the house of God to be touched by His anointing, touched by His Spirit. So we want to do your will, follow your path, be in your presence in all that we say and do. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, I just feel this in my spirit. Man, anybody sense the anointing of God in here right now? I mean, there's a strong anointing. Did you bring, my, bring our checkbook? Write, write a check for $1,000. Now, we don't want, I, don't, I don't want anybody to give that doesn't want to, but there's an anointing right here. And I'm not going to miss that anointing, especially when it's... The other day, we took an offering. Over $120,000 came in. And, and there were eight missionaries who came to that conference that could not go home. They came on a one-way ticket. Couldn't make it home. Did you know we gave each of those missionaries $10,000? Supernatural. The Lord showed me that on the Friday and Saturday. I know we've already received the offering, but there's something in the Spirit about another offering. About another offering. About another offering. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. If you want to give by cash, just lift your hand up. They'll bring you an offering envelope. If you want to write a check, just make it to Island Church. I know we've already received the offering. That's, it's unusual. It's by the Spirit. Anybody agree with it? If you agree with it, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. There's just something spiritual, something supernatural about it. You know, the Bible says in, in Acts chapter 10 that Cornelius was a man whose offerings came up as a memorial before God. You know, I'm reminded of a testimony. God just brought that to remember my remembrance. Because I remember when Brother Osteen used to tell the testimony how his face used to shine. But they wanted to go on TV at Lakewood Church. The Lord had spoke to him to go on TV. 
They knew as a church that it would cost a million dollars. Now this was back when, Ella? 70s? Late 70s maybe? Late 70s. Million dollars, late 70s. Wow. That's, that's a chunk of money. So, so Brother Osteen knew, John Osteen knew that it was the will of God that they go on TV. They needed a million dollars for all of the equipment to, to do the lighting in the building. They needed a million dollars. But he didn't know. He said, Lord, I don't know. I, I just don't know what to do. Well, during a, during a Sunday morning service, there might be some people that might have even been in that service here in this service today. During a Sunday morning service, somebody slipped him a note that said, I have come to this church three times for prayer and nobody has prayed for me. I'm on crutches. Can anybody help me? Well, Brother Osteen said he was fixing to preach. He said, I got up and said, who is that? He said, a man on crutches. All the way at the far back of the church stood up. Man on crutches. He said, he said, he said, he reached out his hand and said, just stay right there. I'll pray for you. He said, the guy just started coming up on crutches. He said, it took that man forever. He was so much in pain. Arthritis had racked his body. He said, he came all the way to the front. He said, he laid hands on him and the power of God just hit that guy. And he said, he just fell. His crutches fell to the floor and he got up totally healed. Well, when that happened, the Spirit of God moved. And through a tongues and interpretation of tongues, the, Bible, the Lord said, the Holy Ghost said, if they would have seen this on TV, millions of people would have been touched and blessed. Well, Brother Osteen, he wasn't no fool. He knew what to do. Instantaneously, a million dollars came right in. It was supernatural. It was supernatural. Now, I want you to know the money that was received in the first offering, money received in the first service, I tell you, that all of that and all what we get right now, all of this is going land and building. But here's the thing. There are times when you receive offerings just by tradition. But there are times you do it by compulsion. And those are the times when God will bless you. When the anointing of God will hit you and hit your finance. Many times that is a breakthrough offering in your life. We're sowing for what? Sure, we're sowing for land. Sure, we're sowing for buildings. But we want those people saved and touched and delivered and set free. I look forward to the day in which these hotels are filled with people coming to our conferences, coming to our healing rallies and healing. Um, God's connected us with some of the most powerful upcoming. You know, if I was a pastor in 1950, I'd want to be connected to Kenneth Hagin. If I was a pastor in 1950, I'd want to be connected to Oral Roberts. If I was a, a pastor in 1950, I would want to be connected to R.W. Schambach. Different, you say, why, why is that? Because those, those were the people that could come into the churches and bring the churches to another level. But see, now it's 2014. And we're connected to some of the future. John Osteen's, Kenneth Hagen's, R.W. Schambach's. You say, you think we're really connected to those? We are connected. I'm in meetings with them all the time and I see the hand of God upon them. And we're going to see them in our new building preaching and the glory of God falling and the goodness of God in manifestation. See, there's a divine connection that God brings all things into the place he wants them to be. And I believe that we're fixing to enter into a harvest that's going to result in the rapture of the church. The Bible says if we were to continue in Haggai, it talks about the latter house being greater than the former house. And all of the moves of God that we've seen, all of them, many of them did not find a place in the church. The great healing revival, the great charismatic renewal, 
They did not find a place to settle in the church. But now I believe all of the rivers, Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers. All of the rivers of God, the prosperity of God, the healing of God, uh, the deliverance of God, the revelation of God, the joy and the laughter, all of the different things that have kind of hit and hit are all going to be combined in one big package right in the church. And out of that is going to come something so irresistible that people are going to say, come with me to the house of the Lord. And let's get saved. Let's get healed. Let's get delivered. Let's get full of the Holy Ghost and experience what it is to know this person, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Hold your offerings up. Say, Heavenly Father, today I don't respond to a message. I respond to an anointing. Thank you. My offering is supernatural. That today there will be a supernatural effect. The anointing of God as I give will touch my finances, will touch my life. Thank you, Father. This is my point of contact, my switch of faith. I turn it on. I believe I receive healing in my body, prosperity, blessing, deliverance, salvation in my family, and the joy of the Lord in my heart. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Gentlemen, receive that offering this morning. Praise God. Now I feel good in my spirit. I'm not a money guy at all. I, I, many times I shy away from that sort of thing. Years ago, I, people used to use me. I, they'd see me in a meeting. They'd have me get up and take the offering until the Lord spoke to me and said, don't, don't let people prostitute you anymore. So I quit going to those meetings. Because I could sense the anointing when the anointing would come for money. But here's the thing. I'm believing God. Because I know the handwriting's on the wall for our, for our world, church. I mean, you know, Thank God for little spurts in the stock market and this thing happened and that thing. But all things being equal, man, our country's suffering. I mean, our country's suffering. Gas is high. Food is high. Things are high. Money doesn't go near as far as it used to. But I believe in the midst of the greatest economic downturn in the body of Christ, there's going to be an upturn. And there are a lot of people that will respond just to that. But at a time in which there's great concern over health issues I mean this Ebola thing in, in Africa it doesn't take but one person getting loose with that into another nation and it's no longer in Africa now it's in Europe now it's in Asia now it's in the United States what are you going to do when that stuff starts happening you better have faith in your heart you better have faith they're telling us today I, I was listening to a thing on the radio the other day about the uh, they've treated so many infections in our nation with antibiotics that now many of these infections have evolved and that they're stronger than the antibiotics now. That they have these, super, there, was a, there was a super strain of tuberculosis that's now loose in our nation in which the regular strain, they can treat that, but they can't treat that super strain. Thank God Jesus took stripes on his back that each and every one of us can be healed. by. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage www.islandchurchgalveston.com You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113 We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas And remember to keep looking unto Jesus He is the author and the finisher of our faith